Well, hey, welcome back to the Hip Bodies podcast. It's your host, Chelsea Pleasant. We are here on a Monday morning. I've had a crazy morning at that. And I just have so much to talk to you about. So let's do this. Let's get into it. How are you? How was your weekend? It was your first full weekend of, it was your first weekend period of 2024. So what'd you do? I had plans. I have actually very exciting plans, but we woke up to a sick child on Saturday morning that only got worse as the weekend went on. So we pretty much did nothing, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I do want to kind of get into something. I'm going to start this off with kind of like some keto talk, and then I'm going to get into just some different things that happened this weekend. And then I'm going to really get into this supplement that I kind of learned about this weekend that could potentially rival Ozempic Munjaro. Am I saying Munjaro right? Like, do do any of us know how to say that? Is that how you say it? But okay, let's get into it. So first things first, if you're new here, hi, I'm Chelsea Pleasant and I run a workout group called Hip Bodies. And what I do is I work out live every day and it's just very casual. It's very fun. We lift weights, we strength train and we're workout buddies. So we get into all sorts of conversations during that time. And the podcast just allows me to do that while being a little less out of breath and opening it up to everyone. Because if you enjoy this, then I think you'd really love being my workout buddy, right? Okay. So on Friday, I got something called a DEXA scan. So I normally kind of make fun of people who are obsessed with data, where they just constantly need a little machine to tell them how they feel, how healthy they are, how this, how that, like, I'm such, like, I believe your body tells you so much, like, it's so good to be able to listen to your body, right? So uh, typically, I'm not obsessed with data. However, I'm a part of this organization called Crowd Health. And when I say I'm a part of, it's like, this is what I use instead of health insurance. I'm proudly uninsured now. And I really, really love this concept. Highly recommend looking into it. And I can share a referral code. So you'll get like a discount your first three months. And then I get a little something if you stick around for at least three months. It's amazing. Okay, like I'm obsessed. So anyway, but the point is for the month of January, they're essentially covering, which is like their version of like, I mean, they're crowdfunding it, but it's like their version of covering. And it's hard to explain, but whatever. Anyway, these DEXA scans. So a DEXA body scan is like a body composition scan that's going to tell you your body fat. Then like the different types of fat throughout your body. It's going to tell you your lean body mass. And it's going to give you a little bit of insight into your bone density Beyond that, the information was really confusing and the guy who ran my scan was 22 years old and like not very experienced in doing these. So he wasn't even really familiar with the data points. So, which is totally fine. I don't blame him, but it would have been nice to like have someone like really sit down and go over it with me, but whatever, that's okay. It was still really interesting. So let's talk about it. I have this scale at home and it's one of those scales, like I just got it off Amazon And it has told me for a long time that like my body fat was this certain number. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not, but okay. Like you think that, but you just have no idea how strong I am, you little scale. Like you're not smart enough for that. When I tell you the DEXA scan was identical (laughs) to the results that damn scale gave me for so long. And I'm just like, okay, okay. (laughs) I actually got that scale last May 
when I, um, like right after I got back from Cancun, I think is when I got it. And that was the first time I went on it. And I will say, I, I went back and looked at my entries from May to now, and I have put on muscle and lost body fat since then. So go me, go me. But anyway, this DEXA scan, it, I cut, I, I only did it because it was crowdfunded. And I was like, this will give me a baseline. It gives me like really, really accurate data. And then maybe in six months I can, do it again. And I am planning a trip for Cancun probably in May. So I'm like, maybe we'll do it again in May. (laughs) Okay. So, so what is my body fat? Do you want to know? Should I tell you if I'm being, I'm embarrassed because I'm a fitness professional and I feel like the fact that it starts with a three is not good. Like, I feel like that's a little embarrassing. So it's basically between 32 and 33%. Like, it hovers in there. Because they ask you to get whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll just say 33%. Okay, like, I want to be like, it's like 32.8, but like, round up, it's 33. Okay, that's very, that's high for, especially for someone in fitness. I thought I had far more muscle than I do, but apparently not. So the difference between the DEXA body scan and the thing I have at home the DEXA scan gave more credit to my bone density than muscle. And my thing at home, the thing I stand on, it gives more credit. So when we're taking the lean body mass into account, it gives more credit to muscle than bone density. So as far as like which one's true, probably the DEXA body scan, which is like super annoying, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so that's kind of like the results I got. And, and you get them immediately. It's very quick. It like takes 10 minutes and you get your results immediately. And so like you just like have your feelings hurt in front of this person that works there. And you're, they're like, here's your results. And they're like, tr- he's like trying to go over it. But like, I can tell he's like not that familiar with these. Like, I don't think he does them very much. So I'm just like, okay, this is embarrassing. Like to go over this with you. I, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so it get, I'm at first I like got my feelings hurt, but then I was just like, I'm going to let this motivate me. Like, I don't think being at 25% body fat is unreasonable. And like, real talk, I think I look pretty good where I'm at. So like, can you imagine? Smoke show. Smoke show if we get down to 25, right? (laughs) So I'll keep you posted. Now, with that being said, it was perfect timing for me to do it on a Friday because I was so motivated to stay low carb, stick to my goals, and crush it this weekend, which I did. However... On Saturday, I was, have you ever been in one of those moods where you're like, I am a bottomless pit, not I feel like a bottomless pit, I am, and I just, I could not get full, I was like just snacking on everything, and it was all, it was all low carb, which I know like some of you out there are like rolling your eyes, you're like, Chelsea doesn't make a difference, if you're overeating, you're overeating, like whatever, okay, I still woke up smaller the next day, but I was snacking on like pepperoni, goat cheese, and bell peppers, like the way I ate half a log of goat cheese and not the little ones, the Costco ones with pepperoni and bell pepper. It was so good. I'd like a Costco hot dog. Of course, just the hot dog itself dipped in mustard, all sorts of things that afternoon. And I just, I could not feel full and the, until suddenly I did. And then I was like, oh wow, I want nothing now. And I have to make dinner now. <laughs> you know, like we're just, we're just almost like you just go into a trance. You're just like trying to like eat all the snacks. And then you're like, wait a minute, I guess I'm good. <laughs> so anyway, that experience sat in the back of my mind. I haven't gotten like that. Like, I don't know. It doesn't happen to me often where I feel that way. But I think it's a relatable feeling, right? Where you're just like, 
I'm ravenous and I don't like this feeling and I want it to go away. So I'm going to like eat it away. Right. Well, the next day I was on TikTok. Okay. (laughs) Hear me out. You're like, whoa, Chelsea, this, where are we going with this? I stumbled across this live video and it was this girl who does steroids. Okay. I have no interest in doing steroids, but this girl is like, uh, really knowledgeable and she's, I wish I remembered her credentials. She's like a grad student or something like that. And she's like open about taking steroids. She like helps people take steroids, but she was saying one of the things she talked about was Ozempic and how she's like, I don't think someone needs to take Ozempic when glucomannan is at Walmart. And I was like, you caught my attention, right? And this and this wasn't like a clickbaity thing. Like this was just her on a live video chatting about it. And she was just explaining what it was. She's like, yeah, like it works in the exact same fashion. Like Ozempic essentially, like it's not doing anything magical to like make you burn fat better. It's basically just changing your like gastric emptyingness or whatever. Is that, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's making you not feel the desire to eat constantly like that feeling I had on Saturday it's like making that go away because you just like ultimately feel full and satisfied some people even feel borderline nauseous because they feel so full right and so she was saying there's this supplement that you can get just literally at Walmart and it's called glucomannan and I don't I believe that's how you pronounce it again like learned about it on TikTok and I just did some a little bit of research on it but it's actually like I need you to listen to this part first before you just like hit pause and run to Walmart and go get some because you don't want to buy the pill. Okay. So this is a, what this does is it, um, it's like a fiber supplement, but imagine, you know how like chia seeds, how they kind of like explode and turn into like gel. Okay. So like, imagine that it's a, it's a type of fiber and it's from the roots of a, it says cognac plant. I don't know if it's like pronounced cognac or it's K-O-N-J-A-C. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's the name of the plant. And it's derived from the roots of it. But this this fiber, it like literally blows up when it meets water. Okay, think of like those water beads, right? But like not dangerous, okay? So you take this fiber and um, in your like stomach, in your intestines, all that kind of stuff, it's like it has a lot of fiber. So you have to drink a ton of water, but you don't want to take the pill form because you do risk, like if it got stuck in your throat, you know, that feeling when like, I'm sorry, I'm like trigger warning. If you're scared of choking, this like next 10 seconds is going to be like triggering. Um, it could like fill up with water and like, you wouldn't be like, even if like the pill opened up or something, it could be really dangerous. So they rec, I recommend getting the powder, which I've like found some on Amazon and I'll link it in the show notes. It doesn't matter which one you get. At least I don't think it does. Like, I think there's a lot out there, but as long as you find one that's like decently well rated or whatever. But okay, so basically, this glucomannan supplement, it absorbs water and it swells into like a gel. So when you consume it with water, it expands in your stomach and it creates this feeling of being really full and satiated. It's not the same feeling like, oh, I'm so full. I just ate like a whole Thanksgiving meal, but it's like you don't feel hungry. So they, a lot of people recommend taking it before you eat for like a form of portion control. Um, and so it should like somewhat effortlessly bring down your um, calorie consumption. And then in addition, it's the delayed gastric emptying, which is where it kind of compares with Ozempic in that sense. And it, this gel it slows down the emptying of the stomach. And this can also contribute to those prolonged feelings of fullness. Cause like if you just fill your stomach up with water, you know, that's going to go away. 
But with the delayed gastric emptying, because it's like made out of a fiber, that's where it actually kind of lasts. Um, And then they're actually finding that it can help with like cholesterol management. Because it is high fiber, it actually provides a lot of constipation relief. But on the flip side, if you're not drinking enough water, it can cause constipation. I found that really confusing. I'm like, so it can be both the cause and the cure of constipation. (laughs) Confusing, but you really have to drink a ton of water if you do choose to try this supplement. So I went down the rabbit hole of Amazon reviews for you. You're welcome. And I thought I would just share that a lot of people have found a lot of success in weight loss with it. I just don't know why it's not talked about more because I feel like it should have had its viral moment by now. Is it on the way? Am I ahead of the curve? I don't think so. Let's see. This one, like I'm looking at the NutraCost Glucomannan, this little thing. It has, it says over a thousand were purchased in the past month. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at all, like it seems like a good amount of people know about it, but maybe not that many. Like what would be the, okay, this one says over 5,000 bought in the last month. Okay, like a lot of people are knowing about this. But maybe it's not, I guess the truth is, I think I'm going to try it. I think I'm going to try it. Now, I don't know if I'm the best candidate because while I'm eating a low-carb diet, I don't feel particularly, I don't get that ravenous feeling very often. So I don't know that I'm the best candidate, but I just thought how perfect to do that before dinner because the late night snackies, oh, they're the worst. Um, So it would be so nice to like eat dinner and then close the kitchen and like not have that desire to eat the entire kitchen after the kids go to bed, you know? So I am going to figure out which one I'm going to order. I'll put the link to the one that I order in the show notes in case you want to try it, but I can't say, oh yeah, this is amazing. You got to try it, right? I'm just like, if you want to go on this journey with me, you're more than welcome to. Um, It's very funny that like I heard about it from a girl who takes steroids, but I'll tell you what she said about it. She was like, she's like very far along in her fitness journey, but like in the beginning she did like bikini when she did bodybuilding shows and stuff, which when you do bikini, you eat very little because you don't have that much muscle and stuff, right? Like a bodybuilder eats a lot more because they have a lot more muscle to feed, right? Does that make sense? So the bikini is like the lowest class of muscle. Okay. But you still have to have muscle, but whatever. Anyway, you eat a very like lower calorie diet. So for a lot of people, if you were to, if you are someone who struggles with those snacky feelings and things like that, this might be a supplement you might want to consider taking. From what I read, you want to start small. Don't go ham. Don't be like, I'm going in with a full scoop every meal kind of thing. Take your time with it because it can cause like, you know, bloating, stomach pains, things like that, especially if you don't eat a higher fiber diet all the time. Okay. Okay. So I feel like I've been helpful. We are 14 minutes in and I have been helpful. So now I just get to be fun. Okay. I'm just going to be fun. We are going to talk about books here for a second. This is officially becoming the Hip Bodies Book Club. Okay. So I need to tell you about this thing called Books a Trillion. I signed up for it. Okay. So Books a Trillion. You pay 50 bucks one time and then you have access to like their entire library of books forever. So it feels too good to be true. So when I signed up for it, I immediately downloaded like well over $50 worth of books. That way, if they go out of business tomorrow, I'm good. That was my strategy. I can tell you it's legit. 
you get the books. It's for a Kindle. It's not for like you, you're not going to get like a physical book. You have to have a Kindle first. Sorry. But like let's, once you read on a Kindle, you can't go back. You can't hold a book. Your fingers can't handle that. Like you once you're a Kindle reader, you're a Kindle reader. Like I, I don't I can't explain it. It's different. It's better. It's amazing. So I started the A Court of Thorn and Roses series a while ago. So let's let's just kind of go through the ranks here. So the first one, this is a fantasy series. It is about it I feel so I feel like a effing kid telling you what this is about, but it's just it's about a it's about a world that's like part mortal, part immortal, right? And it's so fun. You get sucked into the world so quickly. I never thought I would like this type of book, but it's so good. It is the the author is so good. Like some people don't like it. I, the first book, like if I'm now that I've read the first three, I'm going to give the first book an eight. Okay. The second two books would both be like a nine and a half to 10. Cause like the second book, it gets really good. The second half and the third book gets really good. It's like really good in the first half. And like, but the third book, it like, yeah. Anyway, The point is, these books are amazing. And I just, I feel like if you have been looking for something to do besides scrolling, I think it's time. I think you need to start reading. I get it. It doesn't feel like it would be that fun, but even my husband is into it. My husband, who could sit there and watch movie trailers, just the trailers for two hours straight, and then he would pick a movie and then he would stay up until two o'clock in the morning and then be like, damn it, why did I do that? He is sucked into reading. Like, it's amazing to watch. My husband, has always hated reading. He's like really hard on himself. He like doesn't think he's a good reader. He even like beats himself up for reading in front of Kevin. I'm like, Cameron, you're a perfectly adequate reader. I do not know why you freak out about this. But like, um, anyway, he's actually reading the first Court of Thorn and Roses book and he's into it. He's actually like excited because they're going to make a TV show out of it that's supposed to be on Hulu. So I don't know. I just, I think it's time. There's a little action. Think Beauty and the Beast meets Harry Potter but also not that at all. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's how I would explain it. So I, when I first started reading, I was kind of into the romance smut vibes and it's fun for a minute and then it gets old. And now like, honestly, I skim those scenes. It's fun. But like once you've read a couple smut scenes, you've read them all. Like they're not, I don't know. Some of them are better than others, but like, I'm, I'm not like super into that. I like a good plot. I like a good plot. So I'm taking a little break after the third book and I'm going to, I'm reading something not fantasy. I'm reading like a thriller. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I'll let you know how that is. I just started it and I'm, I'm into it. Like, and normally when a book first starts, it like takes me a minute to care what's going on. But this one, I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say like I'm ripped, like my attention is like ripped to this book right away, but that's rare. That's rare. So there's, um, there's that. And then I'm going to read the fourth wing next because I do like fantasy and I keep hearing how amazing the fourth wing is. So I will let you know how I like that. And I want to know like what you recommend. Uh, someone out there keeps recommending the friend zone to me. I believe it's like smutty romance. Let me see. Let me see. And if you don't know what smut means, it means P O R N, but the book version. Okay. But like not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. Friend zone. Okay. If you just type in friend zone, that's not that you have to write book. Friend zone book. Okay. Um, 
there we go. Oh, it's a series. Let's see what they, it is, I really need to read this one. Really, Okay, I'm going to read this review out loud in case you're looking for something. It says, oh my goodness, I was expecting a light, fun read after I finished that fantasy book. Okay, sounds familiar. I've been reading some intense fantasy and I need something light. And I got a whole lot more than that with this one. It is fun. It actually made me chuckle out loud a few times. Kristen is amazing. I love her sense of humor and bluntness. I wish I were more like her. I also feel I related to this book on many levels. Um, okay, I don't want to read anymore because that feels a little spoilerish. Like, way to just put it in a review, lady. Okay, but yeah, lots of good, lots of not what I was expecting. This person said, not what I was expecting, a lighthearted chick flick romance. The friend zone delivers a bigger punch. Maybe it's not a spoiler. Well, whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read this thing that like is the familiar theme in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna not. But okay, yeah, I need to read that one. I will check if I'm sure Books of Trillion has it. They seem to have everything. I was on the wait list for that at the library. That's the thing about being on the wait list for the like e-reader type books. It's like six months long and it's so hard to predict when you're going. I know this is like first world problems, right? But it was, it's like you'll get access to like five books at once and you have two weeks to read them. And it's like, it's stressful. It's stressful. And you can't extend if there's a, if there's a wait list on them. It's just a lot. Okay. It's a lot. Anyway, I'm really loving my hobby of reading. I haven't set a goal for how many books I'm going to read for the, for the year. I think what I'm going to do is see where I'm at like next September and then set a goal like how many I'm going to read from there. Does that make sense? So like if I've read like 40 books at that point, like could we get 10 more or could we get like five more? Who knows, right? I think between September and the end of the year this year, I read 20 books, but that, but I was like new to reading. So I was really excited and really having fun with it, but I, but I still am, but I'm reading longer books now, like the Court of Thorn and Roses books. I have this friend who's reading them and she's like flying through them in two or three days. It takes me like two weeks to read these. They're very long and I don't have all the time in the world, you know, but she like, she's still nursing her baby all night. So anytime her baby wakes up, she's like, mm, let's just read a couple pages, <laughs> you know, which I get, I get. It's so addicting. It's so fun. It can, do you feel like it can get unhealthy though? I talked about it a while ago on the podcast. I was like, okay, my reading habit is officially like not in a good place, you know? Okay. So other things going on. I wanted to tell you guys about this, but I just feel like no one cares, but I'm going to tell you. So Cameron and I own a rental house. Could we currently own a rental house in the way the market is now? Absolutely not because interest rates and home prices make it impossible. Okay. So I want to start off by saying we were very lucky in acquiring these properties before the market went insane. Okay. So we just own one rental property that's like here in Wilmington. And then we own our primary residence. Beyond that, we have like other forms of investments. Okay. So this house, we were, we were kind of faced with this tricky decision, right? Are we going to sell the house? Cause we, we wanted to pull some cash from this house and we wanted to invest in this thing. And I, I talked about it in the past. I'm not going to get into it, but it's like a self-storage deal. It's amazing. And, and it's already been really, really good. But we made the risky decision to refinance. So we didn't refinance the full amount, but we refinanced a good chunk to put into that investment, right? <sighs> well, it has sat vacant for three months. 
three months. Oh my gosh. Cause like first we were going to sell. So the tenants moved out. And then after like we got the house all fixed up, it was like, wait a minute, we could get more in rent for this. We could refinance. We could make this happen. Right. And so we did. And we didn't raise the rent that much. And like, so we did initially did a big rent raise, but we ended up doing a couple price drops. But like I've been panicking over the holidays and I and I knew that was part of it. I knew that it was part of it because we listed the house for rent right before Thanksgiving. And it was like the only people inquiring were like, yeah, well, we're looking to move in in June or July or August. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we can't hold the house for six months. Like what? But I get it. They're like college kids. They don't understand like how it works, you know, but that, okay. So whatever. But it was just like, oh my gosh, we are not going to get the tenants in here. Like I was starting to freak out. I was looking into furnishing it and doing one of those like short-term rentals for nurses, like traveling nurses. I was like, how the hell can we get someone in here? Cause like, you know, you spend a lot of money to refinance and it was just, it was really scary. But anyway, we found the perfect family yesterday. Like I, when I tell you I'm so, like, I want to be friends with them. I was telling Cameron, like, I, I'm going to have trouble holding any sort of professional boundaries with these people because, like, I want to have dinner with them. Their, their daughter is Kevin's age, and they're about to have a newborn, and, like, I want to go help her <laughs> after she has her baby. I already bought her daughter a gift for a housewarming gift, and I'm, like, planning on having a little housewarming thing for when they move in. Because they're just wonderful people and it just feels like the perfect, yeah, the perfect situation, the perfect situation. So, and we had them sign an 18 month lease. So we won't be, if they, if they do move out at the end of 18 months, then we won't be left with an empty house during the holidays again, because that was awful. It was entirely our fault, but it was awful. Tough learning lesson, tough, tough learning lesson. So yeah, that's. Oh, that's the update on that house. I don't think any of you guys care about that, but I'm, st- I'm still going to tell you because I just tell you what's going on in my life. Um, I wanted to give you a little schooling update for my son. I, again, you probably don't care, but there, there is this amazing private school that Kevin got into um, right before Christmas break is when we found out he got in, which was so exciting. However, there's just been something stopping me from wanting to go there, part of it being the obscene cost, and part of it, it just feels really, really buttoned up is the best way I can explain it, okay? I just don't know if Kevin would have like a really good time there, and I know school isn't for having a good time, but it's like you only get to be a kid once, and I truly want it to be a fun experience. Like I don't want it to be a daily comparisonitis and like you have to meet these milestones by this time and whatever, right? So we stumbled across, I've known about this school. What do I mean I'm stumbled across? I've known about this school, but I decided to tour it and like it just, yes. It's just a yes. And even Cameron was like, yes. Like we are on the same page. Now the only problem is it has the coolest like daily vibe it, the school day, you can drop off as early as 8.30. And then there's a meeting each morning at 8.45. It's like the, they call it the morning meeting. And so parents are invited, siblings are invited. You all get to sit down and they do this like morning meeting. And it kind of, it's a Reggio Emilia learning style. So everyone's kind of co-creating the curriculum for the day. Now it's not like literally created right there. Like the teachers are working on the curriculum outside of it, but like what's discussed in the meetings and stuff is all taken into account, 
right? And, and so anyway, I just love that. I love the community aspect. Community is so important to me, like making friends, being involved. Part of what I like don't love about Kevin's preschool is I don't know anyone there. You know, I don't know the other parents. I feel like when there's birthday parties or just like events, like people rarely go to each other. I don't know. Like, I feel like there, it makes such a difference when the parents know each other, you're involved. Like everyone hangs out there after school while the kids play on the playground. Like I'm, I love this school. I literally love it. But with that morning meeting being at 845 across town, I have to move my workouts. So this is hard for me because I've tried to move my workouts in the past and it like, I just always end up going back to the 8 a.m. time. But like once we commit to the school, I can't, I can't go back to the 8 a.m. time. So it's like, I, I have to be ready to like, okay, this is it. This is the time. Like I can't go back. Right. So that part is like, and I know it's so not a big deal, but for those of you that are in hip bodies, you know, the time matters. Like these people that join me live every day, they might not be able to continue. And I feel like I'm not being loyal back to them. But when I tell you this school, it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's chill. There's no homework. There's lots of outside time. And it's a fraction of the price (laughs) of the other school. So that helps too. That yeah, like we can actually afford it even if the scholarship doesn't come through. So yeah, did I say that about the scholarship? There's this North Carolina scholarship thing. It's I don't remember if I told you or not, but whatever. Anyway, yeah. So that's our schooling update. We found a school, but I have to like really shuffle my life around to make it happen. But I'm just trusting that it's all for a good reason. And I know it is. I totally know it is. So yeah, those are the updates. The last thing I thought I would talk about is Cancun. Some of you probably don't care, but for many years, Cameron and I did not go on any sort of vacation because of, well, the pandemic. That definitely played into it. I'm trying to think why else. I don't know. We were cheap. We were just, <laughs> we were scared, you know, having small children, right? But I just am finding like I really want to I am a frugal girl, okay? I do not eat out. I do not buy organic. I do all my grocery shopping at Walmart. Costco sprinkled in there. But like I'm just not a frivolous person and a good family vacation every year. I feel like that's what I do it for. <laughs> Last year we did a week in Cancun and it was so perfect. And I think this year we're going to do it again. And so I wanted to kind of share as I'm planning Cancun travel and just kind of thinking ahead. So I'm looking at May. I don't know if we're going to be able to do May though, because Cameron said his, so Cameron builds houses for a living and he's moving to this neighborhood where he has like a partner. So currently he's been in this neighborhood all by himself. So like everything's on him. It's really nice when he has a buddy there, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Like Cause in the last job he worked before the one he's at now, he had like a buddy and it was like, obviously like they get to hang out all day, but also it's just splitting the stress between two people. You have two sets of eyes on things. You can get a lot more accomplished. They do have a bigger workload, but like, I don't know, it's just more doable. The point is that buddy supposedly is taking like the whole month of May off, which kind of like throws a huge wrench into the plans because this is supposed to be the birthday trip for Kevin. Kevin's like, yeah, I want to do Cancun again. Let's do it. So we're looking at going to Cancun. So I'll just kind of share with you what I'm planning on doing. We're looking at the Moon Palace Resort. Now, normally I'm a Costco travel girl through and through, but Costco travel only sells the grand at Moon Palace. So Moon Palace, if you look it up, it's the most epic resort for families 
ever. And it's in Cancun, so it's fairly reasonable price-wise. But specifically the Grand, it's divided into three mini resorts on this one property. The Grand is so expensive. It's 2000 more a week per room. Okay. No, about 2,500 more a week per room. That's insane. Okay. Um, now I'm not saying it's not worth it. If you have older kids, I think it could totally be worth it because the grand has this like sick water park with like huge water slides, so many amazing things, bowling alleys, all sorts of stuff. But like, realistically, we have very small kids. We need like the small kid stuff, which the other part, the other like parts of the resort have. So we need a regular pool We need like a mini water park with like mini water slides, which is exactly what they have. It's smaller. Everything's a little closer. So we don't have to like wait for the golf carts to take us around. We can probably just walk. So that's why we're going to Sunrise. Also, again, I'm frugal. Okay, I'm frugal. (laughs) Maybe I'm just justifying it here. Cameron is like, I'm not committing to Sunrise until I see the videos. Cameron is bougie. Cameron is, oh my gosh. Even when we were dating, I remember this guy, he would buy drinks for everyone. I didn't, and I didn't care when we were dating, but like once we started, once we got married, I remember he did it once and I was like, mm, we share money now. Like, why are you buying everyone shots? He's like, why not? And I'm like, because I don't know. Don't you have financial goals? <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I am, I am a frugal girly. Now it's not to say like, I'm, I am generous and I like do the right thing and you know, all of those types of things. But as far as like buying shots for a bar, like, no, I'm, I'm not like that. And spending $2,500 extra for like a water park on vacation, like, nah, I'm good, you know? Okay. So the, this is something I learned about traveling to Cancun. I thought I would want as much time as possible at the resort the day I leave, but that's not the case. I want to leave as early as possible from the resort to get back home. Once it's time to go, it's time to go. It's just, it's time to go. Do you know what I mean? Because I do like arriving there as early as possible on the first day. That's just me. Even if I can't get into my room, I like to like just explore the the property, familiarize myself with things. Like I like getting there early, but I want to leave early. Early in, early out. What kind of traveler are you? So I'm looking at flights and I have, it's a really quick flight. It's three hours, but you gain an hour you like go back in time or whatever. So we would leave at 1030 from Charlotte. So we would probably have to stay in a hotel in Charlotte. And then we would get into Cancun at 1230 in the afternoon. So perfect. So we would probably be at the resort by like 130, get into our rooms at like three o'clock, like so doable. And then we would leave Cancun at 11 and arrive in Charlotte at three. So we would still be home at a reasonable hour. I say this because like a moron, when I planned our trip to Cancun last year, I had us leaving Cancun at like 3 or 4 p.m. So we didn't get back until like 7 p.m. And then we had to like get to our car and all that stuff. So we didn't get home until midnight. But like we had a hotel in Charlotte. But when you're ready to get home, you're just ready to get home. And the thing about where we stayed in Charlotte we because we did one of those park sleep fly things. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Like if you live in a smaller town like we do, We live in Wilmington and there's, yes, you can fly out of Wilmington, but like (laughs) it sucks. Like it's, you're going to have to connect in Charlotte. So to me, I'd rather just drive over to Charlotte and make it more comfortable as opposed to like doing layovers and crap like that. I don't know. Maybe we will look into flying out of Wilmington, but you risk flights getting delayed, flights getting canceled. I don't know. I don't like it. So anyway, the parsley fly thing, I thought, 
I would have like secure parking. If I'm leaving my car somewhere for a week unattended, I would like to know it's secure. But no, it was like a ghetto hotel by the airport. And even the person at the front desk was like, you don't drive a truck, do you? And I'm like, oh, actually we do. That's exactly what we drive. Ooh, trucks have been getting targeted lately. And I'm like, why would you tell me that? So we paid for a whole week of parking at this hotel that's like not secure at all and ended up paying for parking at the airport, which is like also very expensive, but it was like, what are we going to do? Leave our car where it's going to be targeted? Like, yeah, it sucked, but it was just tough learning lessons. And it's in my chance to share this knowledge with you. For those, so many of you who listen to this podcast, you live in like freaking Seattle where you can fly anywhere nonstop. I'm so jealous to live in a hub. I took it for granted for so long growing up in Seattle. I never realized how convenient it was to live there. You can fly anywhere. But more recently, I've lived in Great Falls, Montana and Wilmington, North Carolina. And it is quite inconvenient, especially if you have small kids. But with that being said, I am very excited to go back to Cancun. I definitely encourage you, if you have not gone on a family vacation in a while and you have small kids and you're like, what can I realistically do? You can do an all-inclusive resort, okay? That is the way to go. It's even better than a cruise. You, you Because the thing about a cruise, you have a really small room, Okay. So that is rough. But if you are at an all-inclusive resort, you have a lot more space in the rooms themselves. The bathrooms are bigger. Just like you, you don't feel as claustrophobic in that sense. Um, and there's still just as much to do as if you're on a cruise. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Now, you're not seeing as many places, but let's be real. When you have small kids, you really can't enjoy those destinations as you would like, you know, if it was just grownups. I'm not hating. On, like, I'm just saying you travel different when you have small kids. You do. We are talking about going back home to Seattle this summer, and I feel like there might be people listening who are excited about that and will make time to see me, and thank you. I'm excited. We are not for sure. It's kind of tricky, but now that Cameron is in a neighborhood where he has a buddy, (laughs) um, it's more realistic. So yeah, what we're trying to figure out is where we would stay (laughs) because we used to have a place to stay but they got divorced. So that's not really realistic. Cameron has a brother who might have extra space in their house. Like two of the kids are in college. I was like, Cameron, they're going to be home for the summer. Like, I don't think they need a family of four moving in. Like the, cause it's just like, let's talk about it. It's so expensive to get a hotel in Seattle or like an Airbnb or something. You know what I mean? It's so expensive. And then you still don't have like very much space or anything like that. So I don't know. I guess I just need to look at Airbnbs and stuff because, oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, both of our parents used to live there, but they've since moved away. But we do like, so my brother lives in Seattle as well, but my brother has a one bedroom and like realistically he could still host us. Like it's a big one bedroom. Like it's a three story one bedroom. Okay. It's like one official bedroom and then like an extra room downstairs. It's, it's plenty big. Okay. But my brother would never, (laughs) he would never offer that. He likes his alone time too much. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but we just, we definitely need to have some family time. Kevin needs to get to know his cousins, just everyone hanging out, having a good time. I think it'll be fun. And I'm thinking if I go, I want to go end of July, early August. If you are not from Seattle and you're curious, that's the best time of year to go because August has unofficially become smoke season. So if you get there early enough, you will not encounter the smoke. And when I say smoke, I literally mean smoky air because the wildfires in like Eastern Washington, it's not to say it'll always happen, but like the last several years, it's been pretty consistent, right? Am I, am I wrong? 
Um, but if you go too early in July, like I've been on 4th of July where it's like icky and gross and raining. So for the most dependable weather, end of July, early August, if you want to go to Seattle. And I was talking to my friend, she lives here and she goes to California and I was asking her, I was like, so do the kids like, like, I'm scared my kids are going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And she was like, yeah, they will. And they'll be ready to go for the day. It's hell adjusting to the time change. And I'm like, coo, 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 coo. (laughs) That sounds awful. But can you imagine how late they would sleep in on the way back? You know what I mean? The transition could be really good for us. It could really do some positive changes to our sleep schedule in our household. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But yeah, I just know we need to get out to Seattle. My mom hassles me so much because I was telling her how like, it's just when you get limited vacation time, you want to truly relax on your vacation, right? And my mom's like, you need to suffer because you chose to move away and you need to go to Seattle and let your kids get to know their cousins and stuff. And it's like, like I, I do, I get that, but, but we don't have unlimited vacation time and it's a lot of work to travel. I don't like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. So I do feel like I should finish this podcast on like a health and fitness related note. So I thought I would just tell you my goals, my goals for this upcoming month. So as you know, I eat a low carb diet. I feel amazing. I've also not had any sweets in a week, like no keto treats, nothing. This is very unlike me. I typically eat sweets every day, like every night after the kids go to bed, I am like, "Mm, what kind of treat am I going to have? What am I going to make? Whatever. Right. Like I always have something in the freezer on deck, ready to go, but I am not right now. So I am going to try to continue that. And in addition, I am trying to stay low carb without any carb ups or cheats or whatever you want to call them for the entire month of January. And I would like to see what I can accomplish in that time. (laughs) Okay. I feel like those simple boundaries of not having sweets and eating low carb will make a huge impact. Now, I also am trying to be a more active human. Um, 10,000 steps a day is ambitious for me, but like not impossible. So I'm going to really try to do better with that and I will keep you posted. I do have a pedometer, but good Lord, why am I so bad at remembering to like put it on after a shower or something like that? Like I am terrible. I take it off in the shower and then it just like stays off for four days. And every time, and, and then I see it and I'm like, well, I don't want to put it on. It's midday. Like, does it, you know, it won't, it won't get everything. So I'll just wait till I don't know when, like, what is the best time to put it back on? And then it's like, well, I might as well charge it because I haven't worn it lately. And it just, and then it just, I delay it. So anyway, I'm not wearing it right now and it's not on the charger right now. So I will go put it on the charger when I am done recording this. Okay. And yeah, those are my goals. I would love to hear about your goals. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and I know you would love being my workout buddy. So please consider joining Hit Bodies and go to hitbodies.com. And if you want to kind of get the vibe of the workouts, check out the Hit Bodies TikTok page. I've been uploading like little clips from the workouts. So you can see the types of conversations we have. It's casual. It's fun. Now those are, those are just the fun parts. I probably should also try. No one cares when I post the like legitimately helpful parts, like form tips. No one cares about that, but just know I am also an eligible trainer despite what the DEXA scan said. Okay. I will prove the DEXA scan wrong. Okay. And we will make up for, (laughs) we'll make up for it. I'm just also a foodie, you guys. Okay. I love you. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.